And that's what our process is all about. That's what our platform is all about, to give people the care that they need immediately and inexpensively. Through their passing and that, those powerful experiences helped me realize that you, know, you need to be brave in life because you don't know what is, what's going to happen. So you need to really take advantage of what you can. I've learned how to treat uh, like digestive issues, all the issues that can come with a stressful life and anxiety. So I've learned how to treat those through the physical body. Uh, and in turn, it gives you, like I said, the resources to, to help tame your mind. You know, and that's the beautiful part about it is uh, simple solutions for big problem. My gift is to help people overcome that so then they can in turn uh, manifest their gifts and share it with the world. And everybody helping everybody becomes a, a, a wonderful place to live in a beautiful world. You know, and that's when you know you're really doing something powerful because whatever's driving you towards that is more powerful than all your weaknesses. Hey guys, and welcome to this week's episode of the I Love Success podcast. Before we get started, I just want to say, Thank you to all of you that are here listening episode after episode and that you're taking your life seriously enough to do something about it and create that beauty that we all want in our own lives. I mean, when I started this journey, redefining success, I wanted to meet with people from all walks of life, from all different backgrounds and just hear what they have to say about success, happiness, sharing their story. Now we're more than 200 episodes in and I can't stop because I'm learning so much new things every week and I get to share it with you. So thank you for being part of this journey and thank you for going after your dreams. If you're struggling right now, if you don't know exactly where the next step is, I think you're going to find a lot of value in this episode and also from the others that we've had in the past. I also would love for you to reach out to me and, and tell me about your struggles, tell me about your goals. We are here to help and we do this for you. Otherwise, this is just a very nice conversation. But if we, can, if we can help you in any little, little way and maybe get you one tool to, to build a better life, we would be super happy. And before I forget, if you like this show, if you enjoy what we do, please give us a review. Share this with somebody that needs to hear this message because it's called the I Love Success Podcast for a reason because we're all about love. We're about giving. And here we are. You know, this week's guest is a pretty cool guy. And I'm going to leave it up to him to share his journey. He has a very beautiful name. His name is Dr. Armea Abdu. So welcome, Dr. Armea. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you, Peter. It's really a pleasure to be here. And I love your intro because really, like, if you want to uh, be successful, change your life, you have to be proactive. You know, so thanking everybody for actually using their time wisely is uh, is a very powerful thing. And that acknowledgement and reassurance that their time spent with you is going to pay off and help them in many ways. So it's a beautiful thing you're doing. Thank you so uh, much. I really appreciate being here. Yeah, thank you so much, Ramea. So for people that don't know who you are, you know, you have that beautiful doctor before your name. So can I just talk a little bit who you are, what you do, and then we'll dig a little bit deeper from there. 
Yeah, of course. Uh, my name is, you know, like you said, Dr. May Abdu. I'm a doctor of physical therapy, but it has evolved to become so much more than just a physical therapist to the point where it probably needs a, another title <laughs> to really describe, you know, the things I do, because uh, as far as, you know, what I've done in my career, once I graduated, uh, I started working for a private clinic. I ended up becoming uh, one of the managers, one of the partners, and uh, was very successful by, by all measures. But I was successful in a, health, in a healthcare model that I was not fond of, I didn't appreciate, and didn't have the best interest of the patients in mind. And that caused a lot of uh, internal issues to the point where I was anxious, struggling to sleep, you know, so it really bothered me deep down inside to the point where leaving was relief as compared to staying, even though leaving a position like that can be very life-changing. And during that time where I left, where I was surrounded with uncertainty and fear is really where I found my true creativity and has really blossomed into the company I've created now, which is Doc Physio where we're creating a new way to provide healthcare. Uh, because unfortunately, you know, about half of Americans, about 115 million people have muscle and joint pain, and none of them really know what to do about it, to the point where only 10% of those people are actually getting care inside a physical therapy clinic, uh, going to see doctors, seeking help. So that tells me that 90% of the people out there, for one reason or another, are not seeking the help that they need. And because of that, it's, there could be potential ripple effects that will affect their whole life and uh, even trickle down to their kids, their family. You know, I've, I've been lucky enough to practice physical therapy in many different ways, all the way from a baby that's two months or two uh, weeks old, all the way to somebody that I saw earlier today that is uh, 99 years old. And so you really get to know a lot about life by seeing the full spectrum of it people who just came into this world and people who are on their way out. And you see what makes a good life. And unfortunately, the way our system is set up now is doesn't really, it doesn't really support a good life. You know, so I really want to change that. And that's what our process is all about. That's what our platform is all about, to give people the care that they need immediately and inexpensively. So... That sounds all great. And I want to hear more about that, Armea. But I'm curious, you know, how long did it take from that moment when you felt at your old job, like, hey, I'm successful, you know, by all measures from the outside, but this this doesn't feel right uh, until you actually quit. Like, how long was that process? Oh, that was, I wrestled with that for about a year and a half. Yeah. Because, you know, on, on one end, I was doing a lot of good. I was making good money. I was supporting my family. So it was very positive. But I just felt that there was more for me to do and, and that I couldn't do in this uh, with these barriers. And so that was, a, that was a grueling year and a half. And what was the tipping point, if you don't mind me asking? What was that moment you said, hey, I, I, I need to, I need to move, move, move on? Well, about... Six months before I left, uh, my my brother passed away. He's two years older than me. Died from a stroke suddenly. I'm sorry. You know, no warnings. Um, it's, it's okay. And then my mother passed away three months after that. I'm sorry. So when you go through tragedy like that, yeah. it's the way I look at it, because a lot of people would, would automatically think, oh, it's a very 
very negative, you know, emotional experience. But I, I really looked at it a different way. It was extremely powerful. Now you can use that power to either self-destruct or use it to push you forward. And I believe that my brother and my mother would really want me to push forward, you know, and by pushing forward and taking that powerful moment and using it as something positive, uh, I ended up really becoming brave and not being afraid of life, uh, realizing that you can lose it like that. You know, so I really wanted to not be limited by my anxieties and fears that was keeping me in place. And I realized after after a certain point in time, it's like, okay, I have to I have to make the move now and I have to go on to the next thing, even though I didn't know what it was. I just knew where I was was not right for me. And they, through their passing and that, those powerful experiences helped me realize that, you know, you need to be brave in life because you don't know what is, what's going to happen. So you need to really take advantage of what you can. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. And I'm so sorry for your loss. And uh, yeah. I mean, I think this year is so weird. We were talking about this before, like uh, it's so weird in many ways. And I think a lot of people have realized that they have to make changes in their life. And there's also a lot of people that have kind of received so many punches so they don't know where to start right now. Uh, So what do you want to say to those people that are struggling right now with anxiety, with fear, with, with, with mental issues, you know, they're, they're good people just that they've been hit too hard. Yes. And that's, that's the hard part with all this is that, you know, you're required to make a change, but you're so tired. Yeah. You know, you're tired of just feeling there times uh, during, during those, uh, those moments I was describing there are times where I would just pray, like, I just want to go to sleep and, disappear from the world for a while, you know, to not feel all the things that are happening. But one of the things that really helped me because, you know, I do a lot of yoga, my wife's a teacher. So I had a lot of resources and help and a lot of background and knowledge, you know, uh, coming from my discipline where I was trying to figure out how can I objectively get out of this because it's chaos, you know, and that's a difficult thing about uh, having issues um, psychologically, right? Your mind has the ability to travel to the future, to the past. It can run all over the place. Very difficult to tame your mind. Um, but for me, during that time, I also had some physical ailments. You know, my my back was hurting. I had a bunch of issues. And all of that really was just, like you said, many hits, you know. So I needed to start somewhere. And what I realized was that our physical body, our musculoskeletal system, it has a lot of power in it and it's very tangible. It's easy to manipulate. So if you were to condition your body, get healthier, you can make very quick changes. But if you have a physical issue and you have some psychological issues that you're trying to overcome, it's very hard to start with the mind. So in my mind, I was like, go after the lowest hanging fruit, which is your physical body. You're educated about it. You know it, get it healthy. And in turn, it can give you the tools and resources and energy to help tame your mind and then continue to move forward and get yourself out of these holes and recover from the beating that life can give you sometimes. And, uh, and I found so much fascinating research and work and that has evolved my current work where I've learned how to treat anxiety through the physical body. Um, I've learned how to treat 
like digestive issues, all the issues that can come with a stressful life and anxiety. So I've learned how to treat those through the physical body. Uh, and in turn, it gives you, like I said, the resources to, to help tame your mind. As far as anxiety, I feel like almost anybody, everybody has it in, in different levels or different layers, right? Uh, how do you, how do we like, do you have any advice that you can give here on uh, what we can do to, to treat anxiety? Yes, very much so. Now keep in mind, anxiety has many layers to it, right? So when I'm discussing this part of it, I'm discussing one layer that I'm very in tune with, and it's a very good place to start because it's easy to do the treatments. And that's what I'm all about, like simple solutions for big problems. Mm -hmm. So when you're anxious, a lot of your problems become very big. And because they're big, you feel that your solutions need to be just as large to match them. So if I have a lot of anxiety, I need medication, injections, all the invasive stuff. But what we realize is our bodies are incredible. You just need the right things and typically they're simple. So if you do simple practices consistently, that's how you can start to tame these things. That's a hard thing to accept when you're anxious because you want immediate relief. And this is more of a, a lifestyle change. Yeah. So as far as what people can do, it's really important to understand the mechanics of anxiety. To make it simple, think of the mind and body. There's a two-way street. Your mind can get anxious, then it can have, then it can send output signals into your body that make your body manifest the anxiety. So it gets imprinted on our physical body, on our flesh. But it's a two-way street. And it's a two-way street through one of the nerves that comes out of our, our brain. So it's called the vagus nerve. It's one of the cranial nerves. It travels through our neck here, through your rib cage and chest, and goes to your heart, lungs, and digestive system. So if you sit in front of the computer all day, like many of us are now, because we're virtual remote work, and we don't have the ergonomic setup at home like we may have at work, yeah. we end up hunching forward. We compress this nerve. And if you compress the nerve, it can start sending signals to the brain, making your brain think, hey, the body's telling me we're, we're in an anxious position, so I'm going to become anxious. So you end up being stuck in this loop where your mind makes your body anxious, your body makes your mind anxious. You need to interrupt that. Um, that cycle. And the way you do that is by doing opening to your chest. Uh, any, so you can stretch your chest, you can extend back over your, uh, over your chair. Now, like I said before, these are very simple practices, but thank God we're designed that way. Can you imagine that you can sit eight hours curled forward and the treatment is just to be in the opposite position for maybe one or two minutes. So you can wash away eight hours of problems with one or two minutes. I mean, think about that return on investment. Where else would you see that? Our bodies are so forgiving, yet we have such a negative outlook and we're so angry and upset when they fail us. When our, but our bodies are incredible. So when you realize that, you end up having compassion on it. And it teaches, it, one of the things it taught me was empathy, it taught me to be uh, careful and compassionate to my body and uh, almost become like a team player. And anything that happens to it, I started realizing was, because of me. So I took ownership over my body. And once I did that, I started treating it better and the gifts it gave me um, got me out of the hole. No, I love that. And, and I was just thinking when you said that, like how, how much stuff we like, we put in our bodies, you know, we eat too much fat, uh, uh, fried food, uh, cigarettes, drugs, alcohol, and I don't know, like that's, 
and we're yeah. looking for relief. But what we are doing is that we're hurting ourselves. And like, how do we deal with that? Because it's some, it's some, something's craving in our body for these these things. And what can we do instead to treat our bodies better, more loving? Yes, it's uh, this is where it becomes very difficult because what we're talking about are like the uh, the desires of the flesh. Yeah, they're different than our soul and our spirit. And when we feed our flesh, usually it suppresses our spirit, and that's where we become anxiety. The way I used to feel is like my I had a fractured soul. You know, I was I was feeding it the wrong things and I was breaking it, and because of that, it was so agitated to the point where I felt like it was trying to explode and and, and get out of me. Yeah. You know, and it made me so tense. So, a lot of people are feeling that right now. Yes. And and there's a few practices. One, of course, you can work on your physical body and make you healthy. Um, and once you just whatever you are educated in, whatever understanding you have, the lowest hanging fruit that you can go after to start helping yourself, start there because there's a lot of dis- – you're going to have to have a lot of discipline to uh, – limit your desires right uh, and some desires are harder than others so don't don't be angry with yourself and and don't have guilt guilt is the number one problem because we feel that we should be able to overcome something and when we don't and we fail we get guilty and then we spiral further down so no guilt all we have to do is be thankful be compassionate and we can learn that by starting with ourselves and the first step in doing that is Take one simple act of care of yourself, whether it's cutting your hair on a regular basis, you know, keeping something in your body healthy, feeling good, you know, whatever it is for you that works. For me, it was getting my body flexible, getting it healthy. And a physical practice is very powerful because, you know, uh, you know that phrase uh, to know somebody is to love it or to love them. So the idea with your body is a lot of us are so disconnected, right? We feed it junk and we keep moving forward. If it starts complaining with pain signals, we medicate it so we can keep moving forward. And uh, just on the, uh, the topic of medication, in the United States, we take about 80 to 85% of the world's pain medications. And we're 4% of the population. So that really tells us on a societal level, we are very fearful and afraid of pain and, and inconvenience and discomfort. So we have to sit with that and realize that all discomforts are not bad. And that if I, let's just say fast and I don't eat something, you know, that pain is not going to be self-destructive. It's actually a practice of discipline. And right now, um, intermittent fasting is kind of a trend, you know, for things. But that's something that I practice in my religion, you know, is we fast. uh, I'm Coptic Orthodox. So we fast. If you do all the fasts, it's like two thirds of the year. So many people ask me, why do you fast? Well, one, you know, there's a religious component, but it's a health component. The idea is if I can tame myself and tame what I need, then it's easier to tame what I desire because that's a, that's a lower level of, of need and want. You know, so it's a very powerful practice. And these are things that have worked for me. So when I express all these things to your viewers, I really want them to know that, that look for your own things that, that match this, because I'm talking about emotions, concepts, right? And how they apply to you may be different, but don't overwhelm yourself. Start easy, be consistent, um, and really be thankful for whatever little bit your body gives you back. And if you, I guarantee if you give it the things that are good for it, it will reward you tenfold.
I think consistency is the hardest thing because like I've been an athlete all my life. I was a world medalist. I'm a martial artist first and foremost, even more than an athlete. And the spiritual philosophy in being a martial artist, it's it's a lot about discipline and and you know, basically shop the wood, carry water, you know, and doing it over, over again. And don't even worry about the results that much. And that is something that I've practiced all my life. So it comes natural to me. But I know even for me, starting a new habit is so difficult. So so what do you want to say about discipline and, and getting into the habit, especially for your health? Okay, so here's the beautiful thing when you understand your neurological system, right? And this is how it ties into that. Our neurological system is purely trained on repetition. You do the same thing, the signal fires from A to B. If you do that enough times, that pathway becomes so ingrained that your body almost knows that's how you're going to go. So then it, 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 um, it assumes it and then it almost does it in default. So that's where it becomes a habit. And that typically can take as little as two weeks to much longer, depending on what it is you're trying to do. So it's really about finding something simple in the realm of whatever it is that you're struggling with and start there. And the beautiful thing is it's a transferable skill. Once your body gets good at repetition, then apply the repetition to the next thing, the next thing, the next thing, and then you'll notice that you get momentum and then it starts off easy. So an example of this is when I was in a lot of pain, you know, dealing with my own chronic pain. I I realized that I was somewhat reckless with my body. When I was not paying attention, I would walk, I would bump my arm on, on the corner of the wall. You'd bump into this, you know, you'd stub your toe. And I started realizing that, you know, that's me being careless with my body. And because I was suffering from chronic pain, I felt it every time I did it. So I started off right there not to be reckless with my body, to be careful. Every time I sat down, I sat down purposely, you know, and I controlled all my movements rather than just my body flailing around. Very simple practice that gives you the opportunity to practice it multiple times throughout the day. So that's another thing you want. You want something easy and something that is a part of your lifestyle already. So you don't have to go outside of your normal world to practice it. Because when you're tired and you don't have enough energy, you can't do something else. What you need to do is change something you're already doing. And that's a very easy way to practice. And that's what you learn a lot in martial arts too, right? A lot of purposeful movement. You don't just move for the sake of moving. So I started navigating around corners. I started sitting down without plopping down. And you know what? Little injuries, little bumps and bruises started to go away. And my body had another notch of health. And then I use that health to roll it into the next thing. That's incredible. And uh, in martial arts, in karate specifically, we call that sanshin, which means awareness and seeing what's going on around you and feeling your body. And, and I think you put it so beautifully and I never even thought about that because I'm doing it. I, I, I very rarely just like fall down on uh, uh, when I'm sitting, but I, I see people do it all the time and I don't even think about it, but it is that awareness we need to take care of our bodies. And uh, I'm curious, you know, when it comes to, have you dealt with the back pain, lower back pain, shoulders, posture, and those kind of issues as well? 
Oh, yes. Oh, all day, every day. That's what my whole life has been about. But uh, before I touch on that, can I touch on one yeah, more thing? of course. That, that previous comment. So the awareness is crucial, right? But here's where it can go sideways on you. So you start doing this and then you start noticing how other people don't do it. Yeah. Right. And you start realizing in other people. So what we have to do is see those people as a mirror, not a window. So if it's a window, I would look at you plopping down thinking, oh, what's wrong with that guy? How come he's doing that? You know, I become judgmental yeah. and we have to be careful of that. So I have to look at you more of like a, a mirror. So when I see you do it, it's a reminder for me. OK, be careful, because if everybody's doing it, that means it's, it can sneak up on any of us. Yeah. So be vigilant, maintain your awareness and don't become judgmental, because the last thing you want to do is add a positive energy with a negative emotion. It dilutes it and it slows you down. It, it's like sludge, yeah. you know, it's like driving through the mud. You're, you're going to, it's going to take you a lot longer to get to where you want to go. If you end up operating with these negative emotions. And that's what I wanted to comment about guilt earlier. Yeah. You know, when you fail, when you do plop down and you don't sit right, do you feel a tremendous amount of guilt and then anger? No, no, no. You use it to remind you to not do it the next time. So that's where the compassion and empathy comes in. And you have to really suppress the judgment because many of us right now, especially with the way our, our society is, everybody's on edge and everybody's triggered like that. And it's like, man, everybody's got to relax. Everybody's so tense. Um, but so to go to the next topic, I, I've really dealt with a lot of those muscle and joint pain. And I've done it on many different levels. You know, I, I worked on all those body parts with a very narrow scope when I was inside of the clinic, which is typically our, our healthcare model. You come with the shoulder problem and I'm only treating the shoulder, but I'm ignoring the rest of your body. And that is, a lot of us think we're, we're doing a good job and many therapists are gonna do a good job in that world, but it's not enough because that, that shoulder's connected to the rest of you. And the rest of you has thoughts, emotions that can influence it. So by me getting out of that atmosphere, I was able to start looking at the body in a much more holistic way and realizing the influence of the foot on the shoulder. So now going back to my comment earlier, I don't necessarily consider myself just a physical therapist. I really do uh, what I call postural molding. You know, your whole body influences every piece of it. So I have to change your whole frame and how your body is molded. And if we can put it in an ideal position, it will function properly. And all the aches and pains you have inside will go away. But so that's truly the problem. But in our healthcare system, we see things as, uh, as whoever's in pain, we go chasing. And to me, that's the victim, not the criminal. The criminal could be another body part that's quiet. So it's this concept of criminal and victim. And, and our healthcare is very good at treating the victim, throw medicine at it, inject it, massage it, but it stays as a chronic problem because we're not treating the right thing. And that's very much in line with what we talked about before. We have to treat the right things. And that could be treat the fact that we're lacking empathy and compassion for our body, right? And then that will fix some of the other victimized areas like the, the pain and the sleeping. But if you try to treat your sleeping without treating that other part, uh, you, you may be stuck and it may not be the answer. And it's not the answer for majority of people. And how do you, how do you, uh, I don't know if selling it is the right word, but 
how do you explain this to a client that comes in hey i have shoulder pain i need to get back to you know work and and all of a sudden you, you realize that it's so much more than just that shoulder and that the shoulder is actually uh, the victim uh, how do you, how do you explain that to to your clients and get them to understand that the whole body is working together as a whole yeah and you know that is an interesting thought because I never want to go into, you know, working with somebody with all these preconceived notions. I really allow their body to tell me what the problem is. And once I learn a little bit about them, I, I can really understand the approach they need. Because what I feel is like this gift is, is amazing for everybody. How do I package it so you can hear it? And one of the things that I've really found is that uh, nothing is truly real until you feel it. So I have a very systematic approach. So if I feel your left ankle is causing majority of your right shoulder pain, I will treat your left ankle first. And then immediately I'll have you retest your shoulder and see if it moves better. And every single time, when I first started practicing this type of work and I created an assessment model for it, I almost didn't believe it. I kept trying to poke holes in it. And then every time I would do it, it's, it's, it's like a miracle, but then it becomes very simple. And you start to understand that really the foot creates a pattern in the body and that pattern affects everything on the way up. And so if I treat those building blocks that are collapsed on your body, then it will improve and enhance your shoulder. And some of them may or may not believe it, but then once they feel the, um, the results, immediately they believe it. And then they start to see the whole process and then they couldn't believe that they didn't see it before because it's so simple. You know, and that's the beautiful part about it is uh, simple solutions for big problems. I love it. And do you recall when you kind of got that mo like realized that, hey, this this actually works or, or or when you were putting everything together in your mind and and seeing how the body works together? Like, do you remember that moment or was was that a serious? Oh, yeah, moment? that was a pivotal moment in my life. Yeah. So. Yeah. This is me, imagine me um, going through the loss of my family, leaving my job. Didn't have a job for three months. Same time I started having tremendous back pain, you know, and uh, to the point where I had two epidurals in my own back, which I which I then fixed. So I remember I was sitting in my garage and I, have a, I had a whiteboard, you know, up on it. And I started thinking about my brother. So, and my brother, he taught uh, physics and he was an astronomy major. So, he, I wanted to, you know, be connected to him. So I ended up reading a few books about uh, astrophysics and I went down that rabbit hole next thing, you know, I'm reading about uh, gravity, then something called gravitational biology saying that gravity has a tremendous effect on any living organism and slight variations to it can really disrupt the body um, or disrupt the living organism. So then I started seeing, uh, and then I realized that, you know, I was having tremendous left-sided like sciatica back pain. And I started thinking about the first injury I had. I had two old fractures in my right foot. And then I started uh, imagining the body and, and how it compensates for the right foot. And then I started drawing it on the whiteboard. And then I drew all the different places I wanted to check and see how it moves. And then I started using that model on myself and it evolved to an assessment model that can tell you how healthy you are, your percent and likelihood of injury also serves as a roadmap for treatment. So I did it to myself. 
started. And then next thing you know, my back doesn't hurt anymore. And I fixed the issue, but I fixed my left-sided disc bulge by treating my right foot. So I started um, overnight. I went into my private care, you know, where I was treating patients and I, I started practicing it on them immediately. Now, anybody who's ever done a job where they're really good at, and then overnight starts doing it a completely different way. Like that, that I was very unsure. And every time I did it and I tested them, I would tell myself, no, you know, Peter, for example, he's got this right shoulder pain, but his left hip is the one that, according to my model, I need to be treating. I almost didn't believe it, but I practiced it fully. And the amount of things that I was able to do to people was tremendous. You know, I had a guy who came to see me yesterday for back pain that he's had for a few years. And um, after treating him, and this is what I was discussing earlier, everything that happens to us is imprinted on us. Like our, our history is on our flesh. So he came in for back pain, right side sciatica. And as I evaluated him, I kept asking him about his right foot. You know, and then after about half an hour in treating like that whole leg, everything on the model that I found, he ended up saying, you know what? I did break my foot when I was in high school, my right foot. And there it was. There was the first injury that collapsed his frame. And because of that, he had a compensation all the way up and then gravity started smushing him because he wasn't very efficient. And he just happened to hurt in his back. His back was the victim of his foot. You know, so, and he, he texted me this morning saying his back feels great this morning. And he was going to get an injection later on this week that he has since canceled. So it's, uh, it's amazing and beautiful, but simultaneously simple. Uh, you know, so it, it's very beautiful on many levels. That's great. And, and I wanted to touch on, you know, emotional pain and, and, and mind, mindset. How... Can emotional pain cause physical pain and injuries in the body as well? Yeah, so there's, there's two ways to address this topic. And uh, we can look at it first from the stimulus that goes into the body. So our experiences and whatever has happened to us affects the way our mind, um, I guess, processes information that comes in. So if you are somebody who's been in a car accident, when you see a lot of people breaking really quickly and then you break really hard, it could probably create some uh, physical pain for you. Uh, another instance is I had a patient who was a retired Air Force pilot. He got shot at in his plane when he hurt his knee about 20 years ago or 30 years ago now. And so his anxiety and his pain became married. So every time he got anxious, his knee hurt. Every time his knee hurt, he got anxious. So you have these traumatic experiences that sear emotions to physical problems, right? So a lot of times they can get um, married like that. You have to divorce those connections. And the way to do that is typically through exposure therapy. You know, you have to desensitize somebody to the trauma that they had and retrain the, the pathway. Because remember, we talked about the nerves and how they fire. Yeah. Those two pathways fired at the same time at such an intense amount that they got married together. So you have to almost address your anxiety and convince your knee that it doesn't hurt and it's not related and vice versa. Now that is a, it's a complicated practice depending on how severe it is. So you may need coaching through it, but that's, that's one way. Uh, another way is our brain determines what the stimulus means and by default it has an output. So if it deems something as um, dangerous or painful, it's going to release 
hormones according to that. You know, so if you are in a, a very, let's just say, uh, you, you're in a position where you have um, uh, a lot of anxiety and your anxiety because of the way you process it shows up in neck tension. So you're always, the way you cope is by tensing up when you get anxious because your brain doesn't know how to process it properly and it's trying to compensate. Just like if your back hurt, you walked a little funny. Imagine if your, your mind uh, hurt and it didn't know what to do with anxiety. It needs to put that stress somewhere and it could put it here. You could have shallow breathing, so then your rib cage gets affected. Um, you can have stomach problems. So it's really up to your brain to figure out, hey, I have this stress. I don't know how to process it. I need to push it somewhere. And typically, it pushes it into our physical body, and it creates a physical manifestation. So that goes back to the criminal and victim. People think they have ulcers. It's like, well, the ulcer is the victim. That's the, the symptom. It's not really the cause. The cause may be how you process grief or anxiety. And because you're not processing it in a healthy way, it's causing um, uh, destruction in whatever body part it puts it in. And your mind is, is the, it gets to determine what happens to every piece of you, whether consciously or unconsciously, it's still happening. So really a lot of the solution ends up being in your mind. And uh, the beautiful part is you can use your body to help condition your mind as well. So don't think it's just 100% mindset. No, physical body matters as well too. And like I said earlier, that was a lower hanging fruit for me. Yeah. So go after that and then I can help figure out where to put my anxiety and grief and use it for something powerful rather than destructive. Yeah, it's so interesting because I, I do believe that because if I have a bad day, if I go for a run and do some karate, like I get out of that and then I feel much better afterwards. It's it's so interesting how how it works. Uh and one thing that I'm, I'm kind medicating of, yourself in a way. Sorry, that, that's your that to a form that's medication, yeah. and I, I want people to look at it like that. Like use this as the first line of medication. We jump it and we go right to over the counter stuff and prescription stuff, and we skip right over that. But it's powerful medicine. Yeah, it's 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 so interesting, and it it goes back to the next topic that I want to talk about, which is success. So what, what, what does success look like for you? Uh, well, for me, it, my success, and I believe many people, whether or not they realize it, I think their success lies in, in peace. You know, if you have peace in your spirit, you know, then you're successful. And the only way to have peace in your spirit is to have uh, a good mind body connection you know, on many different levels, you are, you feel good about what you do, you feel good about who you're with, you know, you feel good about uh, the outcomes of your actions and your energy. So if you have peace, by default, everything else should be and will be okay. So for me, I was very anxious, and my spirit was very rattled. But now I feel very calm and peaceful. And it's changed me in a tremendous amount of ways. And like I was saying, the question is, what does peace look like if it was imprinted on the body? And it's a healthy body. It's one that moves gracefully. Because if your body is clunky, you bump into things, you're stiff, you're rigid, you're locked up, it's very hard for you to have peace. And it's hard for you to have success because 
like like it or not, the way we look and the way we carry ourselves has a large part to do with how people perceive ourselves, which can open the door to opportunities, but it also influences the hormones we release. If we're in good positions and good postures, we tend to release more testosterone and less cortisol, which gives us more confidence to go after and try to attain the success that we're looking for. If we're in these curled positions that are like fearful, protective positions, we tend to release more cortisol, which is a stress hormone. And if you look at all the kids right now, these days, they're plagued with depression. Suicide rate has gone higher. The average age used to be about 29. Now it's like uh, in the teens. And a lot more girls than men are doing are, are committing suicide than before. And if you were to look at them on their phone, I did this practice with one of my friend's sons. He was on his phone and he's in this terrible posture, right? And then I show my wife the picture. I was like, what do you see? And he's like, oh, he looks um, like he's in terrible posture. His neck looks like it hurts and all this, right? So then I covered the phone on the picture and you look at him and he's sitting like this. If you saw somebody sitting there with that posture and that position, you would want to go up to them and be like, are, are you okay? You look like you're sad. You look depressed. So our bodies, if we put them in depressed positions, right now that is technology using technology 24-7, it will influence your mind to become depressed. So success to me really looks on many levels is a calm spirit, an aware mind, and a healthy body that maintains good posture. If you have all of those things, you are going to be virtually unstoppable with your ability to uh, attain the success you're looking for. And um, so you're saying work harder is not always the solution. Well, if you're going to work hard, do it in the right places, in the right ways. That was like me. I can work my butt off treating your shoulder, but if your ankle is the problem, then <laughs> I'm not going to get anywhere, right? So that So we have to put our energy in the right places. And like you said earlier, where do we start? That's very hard to know. And if I need have a calm spirit, I need an aware mind, and I need a healthy body. Well, depending on your resources and your knowledge, where do you want to start? Pick one of those three and pick a simple practice to start getting it healthy. And, and for me, I start off with the physical body because I can change it. I can manipulate it quickly. I understood it. And uh, it was simple for me to practice. And then that started to trickle over to my mind. I became more aware about the things to help me be better. And then I started to find my peace. And once I had the mind-body connection, I felt like my soul was no longer fractured. It became whole again, stitched it together. <laughs> yeah. And that's, that was my success. Now, this is unbelievable. And I love this conversation because it's so close to, to what I'm passionate about. Uh, and I also want to say to people watching and listening, it you might feel that you're so far away from this right now. You might be a little bit overweight. You're stuck in your, you know, corporate job, making good money to pay your mortgage. And you're not, you're not kind of happy with where you are, but it's those small little things. It could be just going, going and taking a walk at the beach once a week or doing a five minute meditation or reading something positive or just put the phone down. It, it doesn't have to be anything big as a start, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, not at all. And, and you're going to have to force yourself to do it initially. If you're so deep in the hole, you're going to have to force yourself. And you're going to have to have a lot of faith because the deeper we are in the hole, the more blind we are and the further away that, that light at the end of the tunnel looks or the hole. 
you know, so we don't almost believe that if I take one step up, I'll be closer to it because I don't even believe it's there. Yeah. You know, so you have to have faith, a tremendous amount of faith and you need good people around you to encourage you because when I'm describing this, it sounds like, Oh, I picked this one thing and I just easy. No, this process I'm talking about from, uh, starting to rehab myself after I left my work was about two to three years, you know, of, of that much work, but I was pretty deep in the hole and, but I can't imagine ever not doing it. And, you know, it's a beautiful thing because when I see other people struggle, I feel like, okay, I've been in that dark place that you're in and it's really hard to see in the dark and it's scary. And you don't know if you take a step this way, do you fall further? If you go this way, is that the right way? Like you feel like you don't know where you're going and people like you have maybe overcome these things and myself, you know, we've learned how to see in the dark, right? So that's why it's so powerful to go seek the people that can help you and give you the right advice because people who've experienced these things, who've walked the road themselves and overcome this, they can literally see in the dark and they can come in there and with their wisdom, their education, whatever they're offering you can literally get you and walk you out of there, you know, and help you start that journey to get out of that darkness. Because it's hard when I see people struggling like that. And, and that's also why, you know, I've done all the things and doing all the things I'm doing now because, you know, my skill set is with the physical body. And I realize that, you know, many people are struggling, you know, at least half of are the United States. And I actually think it's a lot higher than that because I don't really know too many people don't have some type of pain that couldn't be helped. And I want to help all of them. And that's why I've created a digital platform because I'm trying to help people, but I don't want them to feel like, oh, you have to find some guru in this corner of the world who can help you and only he can help you. And it's hard to get to, and it's expensive. It's like, no, these are simple practices that need to be available for all and need to be simple to access. And that's, that's my initiative and that's what I've created. And that's what I'm, I'm promoting. I love that. And one thing that I'm curious about, it seems like you have read and studied a lot. Um, Armea, what are the two or three books that like been life-changing for you? Uh, well, Okay, there's there's a there's a few like the first book that I read that really kept me uh, connected to my brother was um, uh, Astrophysics for People in a Hurry, and that was Neil deGrasse Tyson. He wrote that book, you know. So I was like, okay, you know what? I'm tired. I don't know what I'm gonna look at. So let me just start with this. Yeah. And I started reading that, and it really gave me a fantastic understanding of a baseline understanding how I can apply his tremendous knowledge to my work and it really helped me feel like I'm carrying on my brother's work because a piece of what he did and what he does is, is in my work, you know, so that gave me the, the ground and, and the, the foundation to build off of. Uh, so that was an, an incredible book. I really love that. Uh, another book uh, that I love, these are all books I was reading during that kind of dark period um, was Bushido. I don't know if you've ever read that book, but it's about the, um, it's about the samurai and their code of ethics and conduct and how it ended up becoming uh, the code and conduct for the whole society of Japan. And it was amazing to read about that book and the discipline that they had over themselves was inspirational, you know, and I wanted to attain that type of discipline because I was desperate, you know, so I wanted to read about people who were able to do it and what they were doing and how they did it. 
Um, so that was a very powerful book. And the, I guess the third one would be a book that I read more recently was called The Go-Giver. It was referred to me uh, through a close friend of mine who is also a patient of mine. And it's a beautiful book. And this is one, of, there's about five lessons, you know, and they tell a beautiful story of a guy who's struggling. He meets this guru and then they go through a little bit of a journey together where they meet all these different people. And each one has a tremendous lesson that is life-changing for him. And one of the lessons that was in there was the value that you have is not based on what you get in return. It's what you put out there. Right. So because, you know, I'm, I created a, a startup, a company, and I don't know for anybody out there who's been an entrepreneur, uh, you can feel pretty crappy often. You know, like, am I doing this? Why am I doing this? Is it going to work? Is it not going to work? You're riddled with all these emotions. Will people even like it? Is it valuable? And then I started realizing, you know what? If it's valuable for me and it's my gift for the world, it was what I was given and I want to share it. So. I feel it's tremendous value because I'm sharing my gift that is so personal and close to me. What I get in return, I, I can't base my decisions based off that because if I do, I, I won't be doing it with the right intention and intention matters. You know, so it was a, it was a very inspirational book and I read it when I needed to read it. And that is the beautiful part about having podcasts like this or having your message out there in the world is that people may come across it tomorrow a year from now, but they'll be searching for it when they need it. And we just need to make it available. So when they need it, they find it and see it. And it helps them take that next step uh, to, for, to, get, to become successful and just to enjoy their life and feel good about it, no matter the circumstances or what's happening around them. And that's the, that's the piece that I wish for everybody. And I know the physical body and the pain that we all, uh, many people have can, be a huge barrier to that. So my gift is to help people overcome that so then they can in turn uh, manifest their gifts and share it with the world. And everybody helping everybody becomes a, a, a wonderful place to live in a beautiful world. I think that's so important. It's, and it's easy to forget sometimes as an entrepreneur or a businessman, uh, you, you, I forget that sometimes. I'm all about giving, I'm about serving, but sometimes... I catch myself that, oh, I'm already in a result-based mindset. Yes. And I said, why am I there? Go back to the truth. Why are you doing this? How can you help others? And the truth is you will always be rewarded. And even there's no guarantees that you will be uh, the biggest, the best, the baddest. But is that really what it, it's about? Is that why you're doing it? Or are you doing it because you, you truly love it and are passionate about it, right? Oh, yes, very much so. And, and your intention is really what is the gift to your soul. You do it with the right intention and it's very healing for you. Yeah. And, and, and I totally understand where you're coming from. And that's where I was. It was all about production, producing this and that. So it, it, you can get lost in it. And that's like what I said earlier as well. When you find yourself in that position, how are you going to practice? You don't practice with judgment. You don't practice with guilt. You just put your energy in the right place because on this side of the equation sign is the results. On this side is your intention and what you're trying to do. The, the solution we're looking for is in here. Put your energy in here. This being the foot, this being the shoulder, right? The same. That's what's beautiful about this whole concept is that it really taught me about how to live better as well. 
you know, to see things clearly and put your energy where the solutions lie, not in things like results or uh, production or money. It's not like those things don't matter, but you're not going to get those gifts by putting your attention there. You need to put it in on this side of the equation. And that's where you're going to get the true gifts. And that's where you have uh, balance between your life, what you're getting in return, how you feel about yourself, and everything is good. Because to be successful with a fractured soul, that is you. That is awful. You you won't do anything good, and it won't feel good, and you won't feel successful, and you'll keep trying to feed it other things that you think are gonna give it the success you're looking for. But the solution is not in those things. No, that's so true, and. And how, how do you deal with naysayers? Because you're basically going against the whole industry in a way and doing it in your own way by showing it, this is what I do with love. Uh, how, how do you deal with uh, naysayers in your industry? Well, it takes a lot of energy to fight people. You know, so two things. One, I try not to look at it as fighting. I try to look at it as like, I'm complimenting you guys. We're all fighting on the same team. And if I ever get tired or I get stuck in that mindset, I'm lucky enough to, that's why no matter what happens to me, I always want to continue treating patients because the one-on-one, that's really what it's all about. And if you help that one person, they can inspire you and give you the energy to fight these other battles, you know, and same thing. That's a gift that my patients give me. They give me reassurance that what I'm doing is right and it's working. And I use that gift that they give me to help push my gift forward that has helped them. And, and it really helps in that regard. But in addition to, I, I also believe that if people in our industry are, are saying a lot of negative things, that also means that some form of success, right? Because they've become aware of you. And the only way to, for you to, um, uh, for them to become aware of you is for your voice and your message to be loud and large enough. So if my message is loud and large enough where I start getting more and more pushback from people the, and while simultaneously being reassured all the time that what I'm doing is correct and helping people, then I feel like I'm in a good position. So I, I get to decide that stimulus of them giving me all this grief, my mind gets to decide how to process it. And if I process it as a positive thing, then it gives me gifts. If I process it as a negative thing, then next thing you know, I might have an ulcer back pain, <laughs> you know, however it wants to manifest in me. So if I ever start feeling things like that, I I have become aware enough to try and snap out of it. And I have good people around me to uh, to smack me if I need to wake up. And I've given them the, the right to do that as well, too. <laughs> I like that, Armia. And it's, it's so interesting, this conversation with you, it feels like the world slowed down for for an hour and you're you're glowing with with confidence and I can see that you're in a good place so I'm super grateful for this time and I only have two more questions for you um, and the first th- question is uh, I want you to imagine yourself maybe 87 or 97 or 102 uh, sitting in your rocking chair overlooking a beautiful view and kind of contemplating on your life. What do you want to have seen in order to say, wow, this, this was a good one. You know, it's funny that you asked that. I think about that all the time because one of the things I've practiced was uh, in physical therapy, a sect called home health, where you go to people's homes and you help them rehab if they're unhealthy enough to leave the house. 
usually their elderly population. And one man that I worked with for two years, um, he was in his uh, early 90s. He was extremely successful. He was the manager of the guy who created Showgirls in Vegas. You know, so it's like a whole legacy. His whole world was back then in the 60s. And I mean, imagine, it must have been crazy. And he got to the point where he was no longer able to speak. You know, but I would still go treat him. And every now and then he would flash me a smile. And I, so we'd have about an hour together where it's just quiet. And so a lot of thoughts are going in my head. And I would, during that time, I was trying to start this company. And I was afraid, you know, and I was looking at him and like, man, if, if that was you looking at a young guy like me who was saying, I'm afraid to do this, but I really want to do it. What would I tell him? And then I'm looking at my patient like, well, if I'm in a bed like that, what's to be afraid of? Where it, it give me a real eye-opening look into our mortality, you know, and the fact that our lives are short. And it made me realize that, you know, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to do what you believe in, do what you care about, because one day you're not going to be able to do it anymore. And the next person is going to take that baton and keep moving it forward. So when I thought about it in that respect, from his point of view, looking at me, I would say, go for it. You know, what are you afraid of? And for me, a good life would be that I have taken this practice and my gift and I've taken it as far as I can take it. And I found the right people to hand it to so they can take it, you know, and keep moving it forward. I want to build something bigger than myself to the point where if I didn't exist, it would still be happening, you know, and that to me would be the ultimate success. You know, and not even necessarily with name recognition or anything like that. I just want people to be all right, you know, and, and I want everybody to really be fulfilling their gifts. So if I can fulfill my gift and pass it to the next person who can carry that same gift on, then I'll be, I'll be fine. That's beautiful. Now, and I'll welcome it because by the way, my, it's my older brother who passed. So I always feel like he used to do everything first and I would copy him. Yeah. It's really taken away a lot of fear, even of death, because I feel, you know, he's already done it. So whatever has happened, he's done it first. He'll be there. He'll help me. And then it'll be, uh, I look forward to seeing him again. So that takes a lot of the fear away from, from that stage. Doesn't mean I won't have it, but I'll have the tools to hopefully overcome it. Yeah, that, that's beautiful. And uh, again, thank you for sharing so open-heartedly. And your, your brother was, uh, must be an amazing man. Uh, no, so um, shout out to him. Um, yeah, you. Hope you're watching your younger brother because he's doing great things in the world. And uh, <laughs> last, probably last, make fun of me. <laughs> <laughs> last question, Armea. Uh, for people that are still here, you know, an hour in, uh, I watched Social Dilemma yes, yesterday on Netflix. I don't know if you've seen it yet, but it's crazy. I haven't, but I've heard a lot about it. Yeah, it's crazy, like how how the world is evolving in a way. And, and that's why I feel after seeing that yesterday, I feel an urge to put out even more positive messages, you know, in online. And so people get fed with positive messages instead of all the negativity and all the bad stuff that's out there as well. So uh, I'm just happy that I, that I can do this and I'm going to level up and share even more good stuff. So so hopefully people that are online too much can at least get a positive message instead and, and go out in the world where, where 
where life actually happens. And, uh, you know, people that have a lot of dreams, a lot of goals, they don't know where to start. Where's the first step to, to, you know, go after their dreams and something that they can do right now after this show? Right now, I would, I would take some quiet time to really listen to yourself and your intuition. And that was the driver for me leaving my original work is my intuition, that part of me that was saying, this is not right, this is not right. Mm-hmm. To the point, and I fought it so much. And one of my close friends, he always says, uh, what resist will persist. What you resist will persist. So I kept resisting, like doing this. And it was like my anxiety kept persisting and I, and I couldn't overcome it. So the in it wasn't until I actually had some quiet time where I sat down and really tried to reflect. And that's a difficult practice because many of us, you know, social media, the media feedback, we're, we're not conditioned to really be quiet and sit in quiet time. So if you really want to know what your soul yearns for and what will give you peace, the voice is inside of you. Like you have the answer. You just have to find that voice, not the one that tells you to eat this terrible food, to, to go do all these bad things. That's, that's, the, that's the chaos that lives in our flesh. That's not our soul. That's desires of the flesh. So we have to figure out the voice of our spirit and our soul. And, and we have to learn to, to hear it and then to listen to it with a lot of faith. And once you realize what it is that you need to do, you should just start doing it. Because I made this life-changing move without really knowing why. I just trusted at that point that it was a better move for me. And I didn't know why, and I didn't know where it was going to get me. And now looking back, being about five years out of it, uh, past that process, man, I couldn't imagine doing it any other way. And I, I almost reflect and think, I don't know how I got here, but thank God I did. And there was many people along the way who kept interjecting and pushing me in the right position. And you just have to learn to listen to the right people, starting with yourself, the right part of you. And then you have to seek wise counsel. You have to seek people who think with the right intention and act with the right intention and just absorb what they have to tell you and really take it to heart. And during that process, you may find that there's a path that you're leaning towards or that a part of you feels like, yeah, go this way. Even if you disagree with it, just still look inside and see what that is because it may be the solution you're looking for. And once you take one step forward, as you go further into it, if it's the right thing, it'll become more enticing. And then you'll go from tiptoeing towards it to just sprinting, you know, because you finally see this is what the salvation you're looking for. So you start running towards it, you know, and that's when you know you're really doing something powerful because whatever's driving you towards that is more powerful than all your weaknesses. Armia, thank you so much for sharing with an open heart and, you know, being here so present. If people want to connect with you uh, and need your help, where can they find you? They can go on our uh, website, docphysio.com. It's uh, D-O-C-P-H-Y-Z-I-O.com. They can all uh, also follow us at docphysio on Instagram. And they can look me up on LinkedIn as well too, under uh, Dr. Armea Z. Awesome. Thank you, everybody, uh, for listening and watching to this uh, incredible conversation I had today with Dr. Armea. I am, you know, calm. I feel happy, and uh, 
I can't wait to to share this with you and your friends and you know people that needs to hear this message. I think it's very valuable, and I hope you found at least one little tool that you can use in your life to improve it just a little bit. And I think that quiet time is is so important. And uh, and quiet time doesn't mean that you're on your phone. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it means that you're with yourself completely. And uh, do that. It might not be easy, but do that and see see what happens and see what the what the answers you'll get because the the mind and body is very wise and uh, will guide you. If you want to see more of these amazing conversations, go to ilovesuccess.co. I want to hear from you as well. You can very easily find me on Instagram at Peter Jumrukovsky or email me at info at ilsuccess.com. Let me know what, what you're up to, what you're, what you're fighting for and what your dreams are. I really want to hear from you. Also, share this with some friends. Give us some love. Give us a review on iTunes so more people can find us. If, if you don't know yet, I'm, I'm emphasizing this every show. I want to help at least 10 million people in 10 years to go after their dreams. And I can't do it myself. That's why I have people like Armea here. And, and that's why you're here listening right now. You mean so much to me. So thanks again. And I'll see you next time. Bye-bye. <music>